0: Well, we're praying today for about 20 of our fellow UIC students and about 30 others who are on re- finishing up their uh, retreat this morning, the Father's House retreat, which is off in Michigan City, Indiana, uh, for the past three days, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. Um pray for them that they've, they've had an experience of, of the Lord and his mercy, but also can take that back into their, their lives, and we can share in it as well and benefit as a community. I was there yesterday with the uh, retreatants, And they're from um, not just UIC, but like I said, other other colleges uh, in the area, Indiana, Illinois, um, Michigan. And I was talking to one of the missionaries with her students from uh, one of the other colleges. And she said that it was her first year at this college. And when she first got there, she went on like a hike on one of these trails um, before school even started. And she was kind of getting to know the area. And she ran into two people, two young men who were bird watching on this trail. It was a nice uh, summer day. And she got to talking to them, and it turns out that they were uh, Christian, not Catholic, but they were um, pretty devoted Christians. and She started talking about their faith they started sharing their faith with each other and, and and talking and It became clear that one of the the things that really bothered him, one of the guys that was talking more um, was when good things happen to bad people <laughs> like it, it seemed to him in his system of understanding God and his justice was that if you're good and you do what God will, says to do you go to heaven but also you should get some good stuff in this life and that if you are bad then you don't go to heaven and you also should not be uh you know having any rich harvests or good weather or something you should experience the effects of your sin and their consequences right now and uh as she was saying that it was kind of she was like it was a little weird um and we both agreed that uh apparently god doesn't think so <laughs> he and even jesus says uh, he lets the rain fall on the just and the unjust. He lets the sun shine on the good and the bad. The Father is merciful. And so Jesus says, be merciful as your Father is merciful. Um, I've also heard some uh, Christians criticize Catholics that, we, you know, you could just go to confession and then get off scot-free. You could go kill somebody and then go to confession and then supposedly God forgives you. That's not really fair, right? And... Uh, that doesn't happen that often, I gotta say, as some, someone who hears confessions, people go kill somebody and then go <laughs> offload their conscience in the confessional. Um, more often, it's, it is a deep heart uh, movement to uh, repentance, and it's not simply taking God's mercy for granted. Although that certainly can happen, we can presume on God's mercy, but that itself is a sin. The sacrament is not meant to let you get off scot free, it's not your get out of jail free card, it's an experience of God's mercy. That the repentant sinner is received by the Lord, and is told, "Go and sin no more." I don't condemn you. Um, this is something confounding about God. That if we were in charge, if we were the ones in heaven doling out consequences, we would not be as merciful as God. As high as my ways, as high as the heavens are above the earth, so are my ways above your ways. God says, um, and thank God for that. That it's it's not we don't get to judge who gets what, and the consequences of all of our actions. Um, What we see in Jesus, in other words, is, is the revelation of God's radical love for us. Those people who saw him in his earthly life, in his earthly ministry, who heard his words, who touched even the hem of his garment, were touching the infinite river of love that created everything that is. In this man, in Nazareth, they heard him speak. They watched him live They touched his flesh and and skin and and, uh, embraced him and were embraced by him. And we who approach the altar, Jesus' real presence in the Eucharist, we touch that same thing, that same power, that same love, that same mercy, and are received by it. And then we receive it into ourselves and are transformed by it. Um, That's not nothing. That's something very significant. Um. The scene in the Gospel, of, uh, the Gospel of John where this woman is caught in adultery, it says, in the very act of committing adultery, and the Pharisees and the scribes and stuff, they put her in, in Jesus' presence. Um, she's just being manipulated. She's being used. She is an instrument to make a point. It's really demeaning. It's really upsetting and, and evil, what they're doing. And it even says, they did this to test him. They're trying to trap Jesus they're trying to trap this river of mercy and love and they're saying if he if he lets her go then he's lenient on sin he can't be the Messiah because he's not he's not giving sinners their due God if he were really the son of God he would dole out justice and this woman has sinned she deserves justice but also if he says yeah stoner go ahead she did something bad she deserves it then he's cruel. He's, he's capitulating to this system of cruelty and degradation that is subhuman. It's not good. Of course God wouldn't will it. So he's damned if he does, damned if he doesn't. There's no way for him to win. It's a no-win situation that they've set up. But the paradox is that they're trying to trap freedom himself. They're trying to put him in a box, trying to, uh, in a way, like bottle lightning. And, and Jesus... Is totally serene. He doesn't. uh, He's impossible to trap. He's impossible to imprison. But not in the way that he like fights it, and and tells them all to to get lost. Stop trying to manipulate me. Stop trying to. He doesn't argue on their terms. Um, He simply kneels down and starts writing in the dirt. It's like very weird. It's such an odd detail that John even records it. He does it twice. He kneels down and starts writing says, let, he who is without sin, cast the first stone. And then he starts writing again. <laughs> and, and they all just walk away. It doesn't, he's not looking at them. He's not like saying, yeah, see, I gotcha. <laughs> he just lets them confront what's in their own hearts and, and, and realize what they're doing, both to this woman, what they're trying to do to Jesus and are unable to do. They're trying to use Jesus to make a point or use this woman to make a point. And Jesus will not, be used as a tool, he will not be used as an instrument either to say, and God knows people do this, sometimes we've done this, to use Jesus to make, yeah, see, what you're doing is wrong, and I have a right to be self-righteous and feel angry because Jesus is on my side. That's, can we pick up these stones and throw them at her, please? And we ask Jesus for permission, and he says, no, I won't be used to condemn people, but on the other side, he also says to the woman, does no one condemn you? He says, no one, Lord. Neither do I contend- condemn you. Then go and sin no more. He also is not used as a, as a tool to say, see, Jesus loves me no matter what. No one has any right to speak any sort of hard truth to me about my choices. Because Jesus loves me and I can I use him to insulate me from you and your judgment and your, and, and your uh, truth. Neither of those things is true. Jesus is this bolt of lightning, this infinite wellspring of, of life and love. He's not to be bottled up. He's not to be put on a shelf and brought out when we need him to make our point or to, to defend ourselves. Um, and yet, even though he is this infinite well, or wellspring, even though he is this, this lightning uh, that, that can't be contain, contained, nevertheless, he draws close to us. He, can, he in, a, in a way, makes himself containable. He puts himself in our hands. St. Paul says this beautifully um, that, uh, brothers and sisters, I for my part do not consider myself to have taken possession, meaning I I haven't grasped Jesus. Like, I I tried. I was a Pharisee. I observed the law perfectly. You know, if anyone has a reason to boast, St. Paul says in the Philippians, I have a reason to boast. I did it all right. And now I count it as garbage. All of my accomplishments, all of my achievements, I count it as garbage, rubbish, he says, in comparison to knowing Christ Jesus. He says, I don't consider myself to have taken possession. I haven't earned him. I haven't grasped at him. I haven't gotten his attention and said, look at me, Lord, how good I did. He says, just one thing, forgetting what lies behind but straining forward to what lies ahead, I continue my pursuit toward the goal, the prize of God's upward calling in Christ Jesus. I'm being drawn upward, he says, not I who have taken possession, but He's taken possession of me. And this, I think, is how it applies to my life, your life. It's how we approach the Lord. Often, um, is that we we think we have to take possession of Him, we have to earn Him. If I sit down to pray, say in the morning, what do I try to do? Try to get God to become present to me. I say my prayers, I read the Bible, I do something. Or I come to Mass here, and maybe I have something that I need, need from God. And I say, Lord, if I go to Mass this morning, you'll help me do good on this test. You know, and we, set, we set up these systems of, of give and take, of quid pro quo with God. And we can't take possession of him. But, but what he has done is, in a way, taken possession of us. Not to say that he's manipulated us or grasped us, but that he's won a victory over you. He's won you. And now you belong to him. And now he stands in front of you, in front, in, in, in front of your enemies, those who attack you from the outside, and even your own self-destructive will, your, your sinful, concupiscent will that often accuses yourself, that often um, causes you to trip up, rather than to live in this freedom that he's won for you. Um, and so you approach this altar today. You approach this, um, this Jesus who cannot be contained, who can't be trapped, but nevertheless draws close to you and and promises to stay by your side, to defend you, to win you over, and to give you life.